Hello. Welcome to the Stubborn Tortoise Podcast. I'm Donna Pazdera. So today, I'm going to talk to you about how things or why things happen for a reason, or at least I think so. This all took place yesterday, which was Sunday, um, at the Hoka One One Bandera Trail Run. And this is a really huge race um, held every year. There's a 100K, 50K, and 25K race, and or races. And it draws people from all over the world. And one of the biggest reasons for that is that uh, the top two male and female finishers um, of the 100K are given what they call a golden ticket to automatically qualify for entry into the 2020 Western States 100-mile event. Now, this (laughs) is sort of like the Boston Marathon of trail racing, so it's not like you can just sign up for it. You either have to earn a place um, or um, win a golden ticket, okay? So it's, it is it is a pretty prestigious thing, and uh, again, it draws people from all over the place, and um, it's, a, it's a really good event. Um, the trails up at Hill Country State Natural Area, where Bandera is located, um, are very rugged, very steep, very challenging, um, so it's not for generally flatlanders, although a ton of my friends from the Rio Grande Valley uh, were out there yesterday and more on them later. But uh, yeah, they really repped well. And uh, yeah, so it was a it's a it's a really cool race. This year, um, they limited entry to 500 participants per day. And normally it's a, it's held on one day. Um, but park officials were a little concerned, as I understand, uh, about the the toll that having three races going on at the same time on one day or you know a short period of time, um, you know what kind of impact that would have. And so it was decided that the 100k race would start Saturday at 7:30 in the morning, and then it would continue until 7:30 a.m. Sunday morning. And then as soon as that ended. The 50K runners began, and then at 9 a.m., the 25K, which is what I was doing, that began. And so it kind of kept people spaced apart, and so, you know, it it wasn't particularly um, horrible, you know, on the trails or, you know, creating an impact. So, um, but there there was some fallout from that as well. Um, uh, Anyway, so let's talk about my race, since it is all about me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it was really cold yesterday morning, and um, we had a front come through Friday night, and it brought a lot of rain and wind, and it had been pretty nice, and then it got cold. And so I uh, I got to the park probably around, I don't know, 8.15, uh, tried to space it out so I you know wouldn't be sitting around too long and get you know really cold. Um, but I didn't want to be, you know, running up to the start line, you know, breathless and, you know, stressed out. So it worked out really well. And um, I had a, sw- a hooded sweatshirt on and I even had a pair of um, fingerless mittens that I had, had in my car from a snowdrop, hadn't cleaned it out yet. And uh, I was really grateful for that. And we were in the, sh- you know, the shoot getting ready for the countdown. And, you know, I was hanging with my friends from the valley and, talking to other people that I know, um, you know, from, from trail racing. I mean, it is kind of a, a small community and it's, it's a good community. And, um, so we waited for the countdown and, um, we got started and I 
was just through the shoot and I kept thinking, you know, this hooded sweatshirt is going to make me really hot in about five minutes. And so I decided, let's get rid of it. Because I had a little camp chair set up with some of my uh, extra gear or whatever, you know, um, just for later. And um, so I uh, unzipped my hooded sweatshirt and then had to take off my hydration vest. And oh God, it just seemed to take forever. And before I knew it, by the time I got myself pulled together, I mean, this is only like about two minutes, everybody had gone. And so I was the caboose. I'm just like, oh my God. So yeah, that was sort of a drag. And um, so I was kind of in, in the back with the, what I call the stick people, which are <laughs> uh, people who were using um, what we call sticks or hiking poles. And uh, there's quite a few of them, which surprised me for a 25K. And um, in fact, one of them was a 71-year-old woman, um, and I only found out about her age because she told me, and uh, she said that she had to use them because her husband didn't want her to break her hip. And so I was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, it's real easy to fall and get injured at this race and, um, you know, or on this course. So, yeah, so you just, you know, I respected, you know, those people. And, and I did manage to get ahead of some people, and uh, I still wasn't moving particularly fast. I don't know why. I just, I have yet to figure out how to gracefully weave my way through the rocks without falling. And um, so I was really cautious. And spoiler alert, I didn't fall. So thank goodness for that, because I think I've gone a, uh, an entire two months without falling. And, uh, so, yeah, but anyway, yeah, it was, I was, you know, having an okay time out there. I, I wasn't feeling too bad, and um, I think I was a little dehydrated because I felt myself feeling a little woozy at times, and sometimes this happens to me when I'm running, it's, and it's, I'm not really sure what it is, but I just start feeling my brain zoning out, like I'm just about to, um, like, I don't know, it's, it's just a, it's a weird feeling, and I, the only thing I can relate it to is, uh, I just sound, or I feel like I'm zoning out, and, uh, and I was kind of worried about that because I kept thinking, okay, hey, you know, focus, pay attention, you know, because you're going to trip. And, um, you know, and, and so, yeah, so I would, I would keep drinking my water. And I think eventually I had a gel because I was just, you know, thinking, okay, maybe I just need sugar. And that seemed to help. So, you know, I don't know what it is. It's like, you, you know, as many races as I've run, you would think by now I'd have that little <laughs> detail ironed out. But I really haven't. So, you know, you're always learning. And, uh, yeah, so I, I, the fastest time I've done for that race, um, the 25K, which is 15 and a half miles, uh, almost 16, was probably about a little over four and a half hours. And, oh, yeah, and I came close a couple times later, and then, oh, my God, I, the last time I did this race was two years ago, and my time was just embarrassing. It was well over five hours. And, you know, I don't know what in the world happened to me, but I just couldn't seem to pull it together. And so it looked, I was just sort of lowballing my expectations. And so I thought, okay, let's try to come in in five, you know, and, and quite honestly, my pace was, was good for that. I mean, you know, if you figure you can get in three miles an hour, which I know sounds insanely slow, but again, given the terrain and, you know, my ability or uh, proclamation to fall. Uh, yeah, I just thought I'd better keep it slow. And, you know, so I was run hiking and um, thankfully there are some flat spots. And so you can get a little um, running pace in there. Um, I admire people who can run on those rocks, like I say. I just can't do it. So I just kind of 
pick my way through. And uh, yeah, so anyway, I the problem is, is that I had really lost all of my friends in the, you know, when the, when we all headed out at the beginning and was hoping I'd be able to catch up to some of them, you know, at some point, but it just seemed like they were, the way I had it figured, they were probably about 10 or 15 minutes ahead of me, and I thought, man, I'm never going to catch anyone. So I was all right with that. I mean, I just, you know, plugged on and, and you know, didn't get too stressed about anything. And um, there's this one section where you have to make this, what we call a lollipop loop. And so you head up the hill, you turn around and then you go back down the other way and it was at this point where I was starting up this lollipop loop that I ran into my friends Emiliano, um, Tiffany and uh, Luli as you might remember from the wild hair and uh, they were you know coming down the the hill and I was like oh good I'm like you guys aren't that far ahead of me and, and I'm like where's everybody else and they're like oh they're behind us and so I'm like good you know so I was hoping I'd see them but I didn't because the trail kind of splits and um you can't really see people. So I was really hoping to catch some of them, but I did not. So it was like, all right, whatever. And um, yeah, again, there's just a lot of fun with those flats and the hills and rocks, not so much. Um, and I got to the second full-on aid station, which was run by uh, the San Antonio Rock Hoppers, which is kind of my official team uh, in terms of the Texas Trail Championships. And um the aid station they were running was called Yaya, and um, they'd been out there. I mean, the rock hoppers are amazing. They're just an enormous group, and they'd been out there since, well, yesterday morning. And um, so at this point, I think the food offerings, they were just kind of like, okay, we've fed people all night, and you know, all day and night, and, you know, some 50Kers. And the 50K people, because they did a much larger loop, they got, like, hot food at a couple of their aid stations and so for the 25k we really didn't get much in terms of you know there was there was no hot food um and i'm not complaining um but i was kind of hoping for a pb and j or something and they, they just didn't have it and again as somebody who works aid stations i totally get it it's like you're just not sure whether to put out a ton of stuff toward the end because it's going to get thrown away if people don't eat it so you know, I got it. But um, my favorite, though, was drinking pickle juice. <laughs> that seemed to keep me going uh, for some reason. And, uh, you know, and again, I was trying to drink the tailwind, which would give me some calories and uh, electrolytes and that kind of jazz. So it was pretty good. And um, also I saw, speaking of 50 cares, I saw Steve, the uh, significant other of my friend Mara, and uh, he was doing the 50K. So he had come in from a different direction and so I, I headed off you know said hi and headed off up on the trail and was pretty much within the last four miles and uh you had to cross a road and then you know you go into the woods again and at this point <laughs> I saw these red shirts they look they looked very familiar and this is for <laughs> these red shirts are worn by my RGV trail friends uh, who are members of this group whose acronym is BUTS, which is Border Ultra Training Team, I think. And um, there are these bright red shirts, long-sleeved, and they all had their names on the back and, you know, what race they were doing uh, on the front. And they were really cool. And so I saw, like, three or four people, and I was like, Louisa? You know, and I, I was hoping that she was in there because... 
Yeah, Louise is one of my dearest friends, and I, uh, you know, we usually keep each other company on on such races because we're not particularly fast. And uh, and I was so happy there she was, and I had caught her, and so I was like, good, you know. And and my hip was hurting a little bit, and so I asked her if she had any like a leave or something, and she did. And so I popped a couple of those, and she said her. Uh, knee was hurting and um you know so we all sound like a bunch of old ladies and then i met kelly who's this um well new to me but she's uh, an rgv runner and um friends with all of most of my running friends down there and so yeah so we all got talking and then another uh woman vero uh or vero sorry uh she was kind of behind us and we kind of lost her for a while and which we didn't intentionally do but anyway so it was fun hanging with louisa and uh, getting to know kelly and so you know we were just you know hiking running you know when we could and steve came up behind us and you know then he passed us and went on and you know the last part of this race which is you know just such a lovely parting gift is we get to hit this wonderful depends on what your idea of wonderful is but this really beastly climb called lucky peak and i'm not sure how lucky it is because um 25k people have to go up it at the beginning of the race and down it and then on the final part of the race we hit it again and then we climb it up from the back side and then down the front side and as you may or may not recall i had <laughs> busted open my knee, uh, cut open a flap of skin, uh, falling down Lucky Peak um, during the Cactus Rose uh, about four years ago, five years ago. And um, I had to go to the hospital and get four stitches in my knee because, <laughs> and I was not allowed to go back into the race, and which was a real drag. But so I, I have a special reverence for Lucky Peak and, you know, it, it really has a lot of loose rock. And so, um, and the one thing that I was noticing was that most of the loose rock had been kind of beaten down by all the feet you know pounding on top of it and so it was kind of making it slippery like it was almost like um, we call it black ice and because um, when we started descending lucky peak you know which we were like so happy because then it would flatten out and we have a, about a mile or so before we were done and <clears throat> it was really slippery i mean it was it was noticeably you know scary and so we were you know ambling down and uh, Louisa started to slide and she grabbed uh, a tree limb and I heard the snap and I was like oh god was that the tree you know and then you know she just kind of sat there and Kelly went over and looked at her and she's like she's broken her ankle and I'm like oh my god and yeah you could see the bone protruding underneath her sock and um she was okay. I mean, I think she was in shock for a while, um, you know, just the adrenaline and whatnot. So she wasn't hurting yet. And, um, you know, here we are. There's no cell phone service up there, so you can't really call someone. And um, so this other guy, he was coming down, and, you know, he saw what was going on, and he said he would run ahead and, you know, tell people about it so that they can come up and help her. And um, one of the best uses for those rocks, I discovered, is that, I used it, I put it underneath her foot and elevated it, or, you know, like the, the calf, um, so it would keep her foot from swelling. And outside of that, we really didn't do anything. And um, so we, so Kelly and I just stayed with her. Um, you know, I didn't want to leave her. And, you know, just at that point, you know, finishing the race wasn't that 
important to me. I mean, I wanted to finish, but like my time, I was just like, yeah, whatever. You know, it's like it was already not going to be some sort of record for me. So I was just like, eh, let's just not worry about anything, you know, and this is much more important. And so, you know, I was joking around with Louise. <laughs> I told her, I'm like, way to go, Louisa. You're trying to like outdo me on, you know, falling down Lucky Peak, you know, and things like that, and, you know, trying to make her laugh. And like, we've known each other for, oh my goodness, since 2012. So, or maybe even a little bit before that. And um, her daughter was a former, uh, is a former student. And, you know, I know her husband and I've gone to, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas at their place, um, you know, when I lived down in the Valley. So, I mean, you know, again, we're, we're pretty close friends and, uh, you know, and I just wanted to make, try to keep her spirits light and, you know, not focus on, you know, the fact that she probably wasn't going to be able to run for a while. And, um, you know, because we really didn't know the, the the scope of everything. But again, she was really in good spirits. I mean, she, you know, wasn't crying. I mean, I think she was mad at herself, but, I think anyone would feel that way. But, you know, on the whole, she was doing okay. I mean, you know, as far as her attitude and whatnot. And and again, Luis is a cancer survivor. And there's something about people who have survived cancer that they just cope with stuff like this a lot better than those of us who haven't gone through that experience. Or, you know, I can't just broad brush that. But at least in my experience, um, yeah, I, I, I got to give her mad props for that because that was... You know, I mean, you know, again, when stuff happened to me, it wasn't nearly that as serious as what happened to her. Um, you know, I was upset, but I mean, I wasn't like freaking out either. So, I mean, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, I guess it's all relative. But um, nonetheless, um, people were coming down the, um, the the slope and Kelly and I are standing, you know, at the foot of the slope, you know, yelling up to them like, hey, really be careful. And some people were just like, yeah, whatever, you know, and of course... I can't tell you how many times I watched people wipe out going down, you know, thank God they didn't, you know, run into her off to the side because I was scared to death somebody was going to run into her and, you know, make her injury worse or worse, you know, hit me or Kelly and, you know, turn it into a bowling alley or something of trail runners. And then, you know, they'd have to be rescuing more of us. So, um, yeah, but we had a couple of people, they uh, kind of slid down on their butts because I think they were just really scared, you know, and uh, I've seen people do that before and I, you know, it made a lot of sense. And so, and everybody was incredibly supportive. I mean, one woman um, is a nurse and she had this homeopathic painkiller um, that she gave to Louisa and just told her to put it under her tongue and that would, you know, alleviate the pain if, you know, when she started to feel it. And so that was nice. And, yeah, and a lot of people, you know, were just, you know, they didn't know what to say. I mean, what are you going to do, you know, and just say, my God, I'm so sorry, you know, and, you know, I mean, yeah, that's all you can do. And so nonetheless, it took about 45 minutes to an hour before the crew was able to you know, assemble, come up with her plan and assemble and, you know, come up and get us or get her. And the tricky part about this, and this is what really kind of sucked, um, is that after you you get past where we were, you had to go down an even steeper um, decline or whatnot, and then go up a really steep incline. And then it, then it kind of flattened out. But we figured that they're going to probably be bringing a stretcher, which they did. And oh, I just, you know, feel for those guys. But they were wonderful. Um, and race director Chris McWaters came out. And um, my friend PJ, uh, who always volunteers at these races, and some other guys, they, you know, they all swarmed her. Um, 
so yeah, it was it was really great. And and Kelly and I took off after the guys got there because uh, we didn't want to get in the way and you know create more problems. And so we just went ahead and finished the race. And then I uh, ended up, uh, you know, when I finished, I you know my time wasn't that great, but who cares? And uh, you know, and I went down and found all my friends, you know, from the from the valley, and they were waiting for various people of their group coming in. And uh, I mean, there were about twenty, twenty four of them. I mean, it was really they made an impression. And I mean, you have to remember, again, the Rio Grande Valley is a good five hours away from uh, this park. So the fact that you know they came all this way, you know, to to do this race says a lot about the. Um, I don't know, just the team spirit, I guess, of this group. Um, and they were really, you know, they were all concerned about Louisa. And, and, you know, we would get little reports from other people who were finishing, you know, kind of giving us an update on, you know, progress in terms of how they were getting her down and, you know, whatnot. And, and it took another 45 minutes to an hour before she finally, you know, made her way in. And it was quite in style. Um, she was in the back of McWater's new F three fifty. She was in the back seat on a I think she was on like one of those boards and they had splinted her and um, you know she was you know just kind of lying there and uh, you know she was fine and one of the medics told us that that her pulse was really good and and you know so it wasn't like a you know a gigantic emergency but obviously she needed to go to the ER and of course with my experience having had an ER need uh, at that park, I uh, immediately knew where they had to take her, which was the ER in Bernie, which uh, I think it's the Methodist Hospital, and it's about 45 minutes away. And um, so Mara and Steve, they were, you know, Luis's ride. And so they, um, you know, loaded her up in the back of their vehicle and uh, took her to the ER. And um, yeah, and then uh, Luis's husband, um, he was notified. I mean, she got a hold of him. And in fact, her husband and Haley, her daughter, they were like messaging me madly through Facebook um, yesterday evening. And I didn't have reception for a long time. So I didn't know that they'd been messaging me because they're all worried about her. Because what had happened was Louisa was like, I wish I had a finisher's medal. And I felt so bad. And so McWater's just standing there and I'm like, can I have her chip and I'll get her a medal? And he's like, sure, you know. <laughs> And um, so I grabbed her chip and I ran it across the, I wanted to just go to the medals, but you had to cross the finish line before you got to the medals. And so it, it does show her finishing, which was also something that was sort of bewildering her husband. He's like, it shows her finishing. I don't understand what's going on, why I can't talk to her. And, you know, then I explained what had happened and he understood and said it made sense. And, and so I, you know, it was nice. It was, you know, Louisa was happy about that. And, um, so the upshot is, is that she's got a broken ankle and probably is going to be, you know, out of commission for a little while. And, um, but, you know, again, I, I, you know, texted her this morning and, you know, she said, it's just really frustrating trying to get around. And I, I told her, I said, you know, this is really weird. I said, but it occurred to me last night that if I hadn't had all those delays. Oh, the other problem I had after uh, I took off the sweatshirt was I kept getting my shoes untied. Like they just kept coming untied and I had to keep stopping and retie them. And I've got to get one of those. I've, I've got a set of those lock laces and I just need to put them on my shoes. Um, but yeah, so that was, you know, eating up time as well. And, um, you know, if I didn't have those delays, I probably wouldn't 
have come across her because I probably would have been ahead of her at that point, at least by my thinking. And I felt like, you know, there is a reason for me being there when this happened. I mean, not that, I, you know, I, you know, we're really, really good friends. And I was really glad that I could be there even just to stand around and, you know, keep her company. And, you know, and Kelly, of course, also. But I mean, Louise and I go much further back. And so I kind of felt like maybe all those delays and, and weird things happening to me happened for a reason. And um I really wish Louisa the very best in, in her healing and hope that, you know, she finds patience and, and, and you know, please send good vibes her way. And because, um, you know, as you can imagine, it, it sucks when you're a runner and, you know, this kind of thing happens to you and you can't run. And so it's um, it's kind of depressing. And so I'm, I'm really hoping for her that that, you know, she is uplifted and um, she's back out there in no time. And I mean, it's not going to be tomorrow. Um, and in fact, I don't really know how long it's going to take. But nonetheless, um, I think this is a lesson for all of us. You know, you just have to be careful. Not that I'm blaming her because, like I said, it's a lot of people wiping out. And um, but, you know, just kind of take it easy and, and you know, don't, you know, um, think that you know you're gonna that it's that there's nothing to be afraid of or I shouldn't say afraid of but that you just kind of throw caution to the wind and again I'm not saying that's what she did at all because she didn't I mean she was doing everything right and uh, you know it still happened so um, I just hope that she does have a great healing process and comes back much stronger and um, yeah so that's that's what I've got for you this week and um, again just send good vibes her way and um, I will see you next time.